Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And now, it's time to talk telly with the best TV trio since Anton Deck dished Bruce. It's time for Luke, for Luke Gary, Gary and Matt with the Custard TV Podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Do you know what? <laughs> Has it ever been made legal to marry in first to podcasts? I don't think so. Mm, I would so marry that intro. I don't know how that would work. No, I I would like to marry it, or at least, you know, keep it close to me, so I knew where it was at all times. We'll look into it. It's yeah, the Custom I'll, TV Podcast. I'll explore yeah. it in more detail. Please do. Uh, the Custom TV Podcast, if you've not joined us before, I'm Luke, editor and runner of TheCustomTV.com. What we do is we talk about the best and the worst on the box. And uh, as, always, as ever, I am joined by Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello Luke, how are we today? I know we've spoken a lot already today. We've spoken a lot already, it's quite draining to be honest. In fact, I was a, I was a lot better about half an hour ago before we hadn't spoken for so long. But yes, I'm fine and I appreciate the uh, sincerity with which you ask it. Um, so, it's another busy week, an exciting week in television. You may or may not know that today the BAFTA nominations were revealed. Uh, we will do a special podcast looking into uh, what, who we think is going to win, our favourites, and who was cruelly left out of the um, BAFTA nominations. Hopefully, Gary, of Hopefully yeah. Gary will be back by then and he can discuss well, the... That's why we're waiting, isn't it? Because there's a sports category and neither me or you know anything about sports at all. Well, I'm going to put some money on the table now and say sports category is going to be all about the table tennis at the BAFTAs this year. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Just putting it out there. It's all London 2012 though, isn't it? And I think I know we're going to talk about it a lot more in our special podcast. But I think that's going to win the audience choice, isn't it? The opening ceremony. But, yeah, but I've said to you this before, I don't know whether I would class that as, as yeah. a TV programme. It was on the television, of course it was, and it got massive ratings. But whether it was a TV programme is another It's like matter. having, you know, like an awards ceremony there, or like, say, uh, mm. a concert, something like yeah. that, as one of the Audience Choice nominees. Do you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. a live event. I don't, I I'd love it if, if at the BAFTAs, the Audience Award went to last year's BAFTAs. Uh. <laughs> Although that's happened, I think, at the Emmys, I think last year's Emmys has been nominated for something like that and has won it. So that that has had that, there is sort of precedent about that. But as you say, over programmes like Call the Midwife, Homeland, Game of Thrones, uh, Strictly, uh, and, and the Bake Off. 
that it's it's no, it's a different category. It's current affairs or sports. Uh, you know, it is in the sports category as well, uh, and I don't think I think that should sort of disqualify it in a way from being in the in that in that sort of final uh, audience choice awards. But as it's there, it is going to win it because it's sort of you know everyone who who watched it really liked it because it's sort of a moment of national pride. And especially how long ago a, does that feel the, though? There's nothing uh, from ITV2 this year, so it's it's a no. So every cloud. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to look at right now, if you've got the um, the urge to see who's been nominated, I've done a nice little piece on the website, thecustardtv.com. On to other news, it was announced last week that Misfits, uh, though it's returning for a fifth series with its current cast, including the girl of the moment, Carla Chrome, it will be finishing after this, the fifth series. I don't uh, think... Very uh, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, I don't think he's coming back though. The only original cast member who's in series four, I don't think he's coming back for the final series. Well, until he tells me, I'm just going to assume he is. But you're probably right. Uh, call me Nathan. We need to chat. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you bothered one way or other? I don't know. I mean, I watched. Uh, I know this is my uh, my catchphrase now, but one and Donnelly. One and Donnelly. I did watch the first one of this of the of the four series, having watched, having, like, having very much enjoyed, you know, the previous, the especially three. the first two series that Robert Sheehan was in. Um, the the fourth series, I watched the first one and thought it sort of lost it a bit. Now, I mean, I think I think it was time to give up when you know three of the original cast members left at the end of series three. I think that's time time to give up on a series where most of your original cast members leave, even though it's sort of got the cult element and I'm sure it's got a fan base. But I, that's what I would say. You know, once you once your cast has left, unless it's something say like Skins, where you sort of completely reinvent it, then um, you know I think it was time to call it a day. But you know, Carla Crow, I'm glad you know because we we really like her on the podcast. So good good for her and Joseph Gil Gilgun as well. Who obviously from this is England. He's he's very good in it, but I say I feel probably time to pull the plug after after series four. My interview uh, with Dean Andrews for the security men has just gone up on the website. Just been retweeted as we speak uh, by the security men Twitter feed, and I thought, wow, that that'll do it some good. They've got one follower <laughs> at the moment, so that is a little bit disconcerting. Let me see. Let me just see who this one follower is. It, Oh, you're joking. Can you guess who the one follower of the security man is? No, it's worse than that. Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I apologise for taking this off course, but that's hilarious. Uh, other TV news, Game of Thrones, uh, which Gary and Matt love, uh, is coming back for Series 4. I don't think we need to go into this too deeply. I don't think it's a massive shock that Game of Thrones is coming back. And if I know American television, which I sort of do after living there so long, they're going to milk this till it's no good anymore. And it's we're going to get... No, but it is based on a series of books that, you know, that they have got the stories there. It's not yeah. like they have to make the stories up themselves. It's, there is no. seven books, so there is room to do seven series. Don't defend it, Matt. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of things that go on and on and on, yeah. Emma Willis is to host Big Brother, replacing Brian... What's his surname? That's uh, awful. What's Dowling. 
Thank you, Matt. That's why you're here. Uh, Brian Dowling and Ryan and Clark, the Antichrist of the X Factor, uh, will be hosting Bit on the Side after winning the most recent celebrity edition of the show. As I said to you, I think when this news came out, sort of like last week, wasn't it? I think. I'm sort of, I, I, I'm quite glad about this, because it seemed to me, I watched sort of bits and bobs of it, I watched sort of the celebrity ones, and she, Emma Willis, always seemed to be the one who actually watched the programme, and knew who the people were, whereas Brian Dowling hadn't got a clue, so it, it makes sense for her to host the show, I think she's a fan of Big Brother, and I think she's got a lot more sort of personality, she's a lot better host of live TV than Brian Dowling is. Well, the reason people loved Davina was because she loved the show. Yeah, and I don't think Brian Dowling ever had that sort of conviction about him. He's a, he's a good sort of personality, Brian Dowling. He's a good guest to have, but I don't think he can host a live TV show. Uh, also, coming back, Shetland, which uh, was a two-part crime drama um, a couple of weeks ago, it was on, starring Douglas Henschel, about the evil that lurks within the Shetland Islands. Um, that's going to be coming back for a full series. I'm not surprised about this. Crime yeah. drama in in any forms is bound to find an audience and bound to be given a second shot ahead of anything else. Say at the time, didn't we, that if it had done well, then it would... Because there are three other books to adapt. This was based on mm. one of four books by... Uh, I think it's Anne Cleves who also does the Vera book. So, I mean... I must admit, I mean, I know why, why people had issues with it, but I sort of liked it in its own way. I did as well. I think the main issue seemed to be about the accents, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're I... northern and we let you on this. So, people yeah. shouldn't be anti-accent, should they, really? I've been confirmed for the third series of The Syndicate, so... Have uh... you? Well, good. Good for you. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> so that is Shetland um, coming back. Mitch, Misfits to end and Game of Thrones returning for a fourth series. Uh, ben Miller, who has just managed to make Death in Paradise somewhat the biggest show on television in the winter, he's decided, you know what, going to the Caribbean is just too difficult. Uh, and so he's, he's leaving the show in the third series, though his storyline of how he... Or how he leaves is sort of kept under wraps. I would imagine he gets some awful Caribbean disease and one of his legs falls off, but yeah, I don't know for sure. He's in it at the start, isn't he? He's coming back yeah. to sort of continue his story. But yeah, yeah part of the reason, it, I mean, I wasn't sort of as big a fan of it as you were, Luke. I know you really enjoyed it. Well, I was a big fan in the first... It was one of those things where first series was interesting, a nice twist on things. Second series sort of was too much of the same, and it was harder to believe and to spend suspend reality that all these British people would end up committing crimes or getting murdered on this. I mean, I watched it sort of sporadically. I, it wasn't one where I just watched the first one. I did watch it because it's something you can't. I think that was the joy of it. It's something you sort well, of yeah. pick it, pick up, and just watch the odd episode here and there. And I think maybe that's that's the success of it is that it is very lightweight. But and it's, well, it's got the, elements of humour to it as well, which one I of think the things that made it work was sort of the chemistry between Ben Miller and the uh, and the other, the female detective, Sarah Martin's the female. Yeah, detective. so yeah, um, so when when obviously Chris Marshall comes in, you won't have that element about it so much. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. But you you well, don't think do you that it will sort of last no. past the series? I think this will be. Unless his storyline is so interesting, or unless I can, I haven't seen it, and I know we preach on the podcast a lot. 
don't yeah. judge TV yeah. before you've seen it, but I kind of can see where Chris Marshall would be and what sort of character he would yeah. be. And I, I hadn't mean, actually said this yet, but Chris Marshall of my family and most recently of Lightfields will Fields, take yeah. over as the lead detective on the series when Ben Miller uh, gets his awful disease and his leg falls off. Um, some other news. I didn't actually know this because I've been in and out today, but one of my favourite writers, Jimmy McGovern, uh, the BBC have commissioned him to write an eight-part uh, eight drama about British thieves being shipped to Australia. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's been today. Uh, ben Stevenson has announced the, uh, the the drama head of drama, isn't it, at the BBC, who we've both sort of met a couple of times at various. Lovely man. Lovely. He is very lovely. Um, lovely man. Do you know what I would I would say if I if I if Ben was listening? Lovely man. Lovely man. That's uh, it, I've said it, it's out there in the ether. This was the same time that what the Death in Paradise thing was announced by, at the same time, at this... Um, by that lovely man? By that lovely man, and as I say, <laughs> the, two, the two new commissions are the Jimmy McGovern programme, and also the second one we're going to mention is Luke. Well, the second one is by Hustle writer Tony Jordan. It's a five-part drama uh, about World War One, entitled... The Great, the Great War. War. Not the Great War 5. I don't know. Oh, it's not. Right. I don't know why you did that, Matt. Come on. And, it, and it's five half an hour episodes, which is a bit ah. odd. So I don't know if it's now, daytime. Would that mm. sort of, of screen daytime to you? Five do, half do, hour well, it, it could be, but it sort of makes me think. Do you yeah. remember years ago they had when Bleak House was on? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was half hour. Little Dorrit as well they did. Hmm. That, well, uh, I don't uh, know if Little Dorrit was, an, was half hour, but yes, Bleak House was. was certainly half hour, and Little that Dor would be on oh. after EastEnders. Yeah. And uh, I wonder whether The Great War could... They'll probably could strip it across a week, I think, because they, they're yeah. using, doing it to celebrate the 100th anniversary of mm. the uh, First World War, which is... Well, we know stripping it across a week works for May Day. <laughs> so we'll see. Next year, so... Um, yeah. That's when it'll be on. Tony Jordan, as you said, Apostle, and Michael Mars is writing it. So two sort of very reliable writers. Two uh, incredibly know, talented yeah. people working on two... Interesting shows. That might be the first Jimmy McGovern thing that I'm not over the top excited about. They're doing it sort of. It'll certainly be sort of like an epic one. But you're not much of a costume yeah. drama, are you? So not overly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm people being shipped to Australia. I'm just imagining like a big giffy I mean, bag. If I just have a quick read, this is sort of from the press release. It says that it's uh, told through the eyes of three of the convicts: James mm. Freeman, Tommy Barrett, and Elizabeth Quinn. Their passionate friendship is a roller coaster of survival set between the deadly bush and the infinite <laughs> blue of the mighty Pacific Ocean. And I know you're going to laugh at deadly bush. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Matt, grow up. Um, <laughs> right, the biggest news and the most talked about piece of news uh, the changes to be made to the X Factor format. Yes, um, they have finally decided that live auditions, which work beautifully, it has to be said, on Britain's Got Talent, perhaps do not have the same effect on the X Factor. So what they've decided is they're going to have the auditions in the room like they used to on the old days of Pop Idol and things like that, and like they still do actually on American Idol. Mm -hmm. And then, if they get through that stage, they're going to go live on is the stage in the format that we know it. Is that boot camp, do you reckon, the live, the live stage? No, I reckon what they do, they sing very briefly to the judges in a room, 
mm. and then they go out on stage. What I'm hoping it will it will mean is that the judges won't be swayed by a crowd who just likes a person's look or a person's accent. I got the impression. Hope- yeah, I got the impression just from reading it that that was the the boot camp stage would be the live auditions. But maybe you're right. I don't know. I- maybe I. If you listen back to this podcast, I've been right two or three times. So out of you know. What, We've uh, done like 30 episodes, haven't we? So it's a quite uh, a good but, hit. Yeah, right? I would agree. I, I, I don't know. I think bootcamp would be good, you know, to differentiate it between bootcamp and, and the and the first auditions if they did um, that that way sort of thing, if you know what I mean. They did but the first audition in front of the judges in the room and then the, the bootcamp in front of a live crowd. We shall see. Uh, the X Factor will be back in late August. So of unconfirmed reports that Gary Barlow won't be back, nor Talisa and Nicole Scherzinger. Well, she's anything like her song. She'll be back. Can I can I just uh, correct something you said as well? There. Um, oh no, Matt. What? What if? Why? Because I was wrong. Well, not well. We're not sure. Oh. It's not a complete correction, but there was a rumor when oh. that was announced that they're moving it back to mid-September now as well. They're doing oh. less episodes of. of I wouldn't. I wouldn't there. mind that to be honest. Yeah. I'm happy with it. It, it did drag oh. on, didn't it, last year? So they they are they are saying that would be another change that they would put that maybe in mid September. That's sort the, the of when prob- strictly starts as well, isn't it? Mid September. So the problem uh, with X Factor was there was nobody likable on there that I cared about last year. That's what they've got to try and find. People with personality, not Ryland personality, but genuine personality. Yeah. And I'll be back with it. And, um, say, yeah. I don't know, I can't remember now. I mean, like, JLS were quite um, personable, mm. weren't they? Did you say Leona? Yeah, I suppose now. You've got the personality of a dishcloth, that I, I, girl. I, I take that back, but JLS certainly had the sort of personality yeah. about they were quite. Oh. But yeah, Leona, I, I take that back. I mean, I'd hate yeah. to fall out live. Yeah, we we're, we're, we do that right plan- to be fair. Yeah, we, we should fall out privately, but not live. It's not nice for the listeners. I I look at the listeners as like we're the we're the parents and we're arguing in front of the children. Okay. It's not nice. It'll affect right. them in later life. Okay. Um, a lot of good telly on at the moment. So let's talk about the worst of it. The intern. Okay. On Channel 4. Hilary DeVay, uh, no longer with the Den guys. Uh, Channel 4 have snapped her up because they see some potential in there. And before I let Matt talk about it because he actually saw the programme, my feeling with Hilary DeVay is some people are TV personalities, some people aren't. Hilary DeVay is not a TV personality. Um, I just don't fi- don't find her engaging to watch. I know people like her in the den, but when she's on her own, fronting her own series, you just see that she's not that great at it, and the intern was a flawed format. Matthew? I would disagree with that. Uh, in terms of Hilary Duvet, I, I, I thought she was the highlight of the last two series of the Dragon's Den. Uh, I, I, really, I, I really like her, and I do Think of the children, Matt, well. if you're going to round with me. Think of the children. Okay. But what I will agree with you, Luke, on is that the intern was a flawed concept in that Hilary DeVay was hardly in it. This was her show, and they'd obviously paid her a lot to front front this show, and she was in it for about, what uh, I'd say, about 10 minutes of a 45-minute programme. The basic concept was she was taking, uh, like, sort of jobless people who wouldn't normally have a chance at, like, getting on management schemes and helping them out. So they had, like, a single mum someone who had actually done a degree in business management but hadn't been successful 
and, an- and another guy who was quite young and he wanted more from his life. And what they did, they put them in at, like, working at a really posh hotel for, for one of them to get a place on the hotel management scheme. But what they did and what was really sort of what I didn't like about the programme at all, and when I told Luke he decided not to watch it at all, is that they did a sort of hidden camera thing. So the three interns would inter- intern... Uh, oh, see what he did there. That's <laughs> clever what he did. Face sort of dilemmas that would test their sort of personality. So... The girl who was called Princess as well, which is which. Just, oh, enough reason for me not yeah, to see uh, it. Found Hugo from uh, Main Chelsea, and also last year's I'm a Celebrity changed to a bed. Uh, there was the, We've all been there. There was another girl who uh, had taken a man and uh, into a hotel room and had come back to serve him champagne. Found him with like a younger girl, and then when she got back to reception, oh, his God. wife was there. And she wanted to know had her husband checked in with another woman. Did they know they were all set up situations? No, the interns no, no. themselves. Did, yeah, the staff did. The the interns. No, but the the interns didn't. No, these were all like actors. So and then like right. the guy, I think he had something with with a car that was crushed or something. He was working like as a concierge or something like that. Basically, a Hillary Devey after the end of each of these sort of setups would come and say you know, what you should have done, what you should have done differently. So, like, the girl who saw Hugo went and told everyone about it and he was like, you shouldn't have done that, really, because, you should, you know, he wanted you to be discreet. And then at the end, she'd sort of console them when they didn't get the job or sort of congratulate the guy. But I think there is a vehicle for Hillary Devey, but I don't think the interns it. And I think I found all the uh, the hidden camera stuff quite tacky, to be honest with you. Um, also, um not going out was back. That was on Thursday, the intern. On Friday, not going out was back. I have loved not going out since the start. It's had a rough, a rough, rough road of being cancelled, coming back, not having many viewers, losing um, cast members and such. And I honestly thought Tim Vine leaving would have a massive impact on my, my feelings towards it. It didn't at all. I just find not going out one of the most easy to watch and enjoyable half hours you will find it's not going to change the world it's not going to change the landscape of television but it's a traditional sitcom which we say we don't have enough of and it's so funny and enjoyable it's very reliable I would say it always gives you a a few laughs and I think since moving it to Friday nights it has been as you said moved around the schedules quite a lot I remember it was on Saturday nights one, one year I think probably on Thursday as well this I mean, since it's been moved to the slot after Have I Got News For You, it's done sort of really well in the ratings. The last series, I think, was doing, you know, averaging about four and a half million every week. Uh, as you said, this year's one, uh, Tim Vine had left. But I think now there's enough chemistry between Lee Mack and the, and the actress who plays uh, Lucy, whose name escapes me at the moment. Yeah. Sally Breton. Sally Breton, that's the one. Uh, that uh, and obviously Katie Wicks as well. It wasn't in this first episode very much, but obviously she had sort of fine support. And I just think, yeah, and and what I would say as well is we've talked about on this podcast quite a lot this year how um, much drama, good drama we've had, but there's not been a lot of, of decent comedy. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, 
It's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Programs, and I think not going out. Possibly one. Sitcoms, especially. Uh, as there have been some really dodgy sitcoms so far, and I think. Not going out definitely sort of is probably the best sitcom of the year so far, I would go to say, which isn't hard when you've got sort of like plebs, um, you know, Mrs. Brown's boys and things like that. We've got drama sewn up in this country on television. Comedy needs still to be worked on. But yeah. if you're a fan of not going out, um, the website, the British Comedy Guide, have confirmed there'll be a not going out Christmas special that'll be some sometime over Christmas, I believe. Mm. And um, Series 7 is coming as well next year. Oh, yeah. so do you think Tim Brown of... might ever come back to it, or do you reckon that's it? Uh, he'll probably, yeah, I don't know. I thought I caught a glimpse of him in the BBC One trailer, but maybe it was my eyes yeah. expecting I just to see him. They've set it up that he's off in Germany or something on work, so it's yeah. not like they, they could easily bring him back, couldn't they? I mean, yeah. Unless he gets an awful German disease and his leg falls off, like what's going to happen to Ben Miller? Then it'd be more awkward for that to happen. Um, yeah, it's not going out. While we're sort of Saturday night, um, The Voice and Deck sort of talked about them to death. Sunday night was part two of The Village. Did you see this? How I did, did you feel see it. About this? Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first. No, episode. I have to be honest. I didn't know. I mean, the f- what I enjoyed about the first episode was it, see- it was seen through a lot of the eyes of, of Bert, and this second episode did spend a lot of time up at the um, up at the big house with Juliet Stevenson and her family, and also uh, with the the character of the vicar's daughter. I think whenever it's with the the uh, Middleton family, with uh, Johnson, Maxine Peake, and the young lad, I think that's the- that is the main strength of the program. Certainly, the scenes in the school I think were uh, quite well done with. Uh, is Stephen Wal- Walters from Good yes. Cop, and I, I love yeah. his character, the sort of you know stern teacher. Um, I, I think that's a sort of good role for him, something we haven't seen him in before. And I, I sort of, I don't know whether I'm glad you said what you said because I, I think I'm so uh, not anti-period drama, but over-period drama that I sort of, when it got to the sort of the upper class elements of the story. I sort of found myself not as engaged. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a bit of the same. I mean, the, the characters there, especially the daughter, they just they're not very they're not all very engaging. I mean, I like the Juliet Stevenson character. I think the the husband, who's obviously been injured in in a previous war, are quite are quite intriguing characters. But the children, you know, I could take or leave. Yeah, but as you say, Maxine Peake, John Sim, I ju- I find them incredibly. Um, Engaging, couldn't quite work out how much time was supposed to have passed between one well, and I two. Think it's not meant to be. Did they find out she was pregnant and wasn't it a result of that fling she had with uh, with Nico in the woods? Was that not? Yes, but yes I'm, I'm talking more about Maxine's character because Maxine announced she was pregnant or had it announced that she was pregnant. So and I'd that's the minute she's given birth. Six months, maybe. 
Okay. Well, you, you, you know more about it's birth the, I think than it's I a, do. There is a way to find out, Luke. Do you want me to find out? I'm, well, I'm, you, yeah, find out, Matt. You better tell you, you put some work you carry in. carry on, and I'll, and I'll find out for you. Uh, the Village is a six-part series, and it continues this Sunday at nine on IT on BBC One. I don't know the channel things are on when Matt's not here. Um, another winter thing that I wanted to winter nineteen fourteen, winter nineteen fourteen, summer nineteen fourteen was episode one, so, winter nineteen fourteen, and then uh, episode three, which is this Sunday night, will move on till uh, to. Uh, March 1916, so there's quite a jump between two. Two-year jump? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I wanted to talk about Scott and Bailey, um, mm. which is, as you know, if you if you visit the site, if you listen to the podcast previously, Matt and I love Scott and Bailey. We love the chemistry between Leslie Sharp and Saran Jones. We love Sally Wainwright's tight, tight script and the believability that you don't often get in police procedural dramas. However, I have one problem with Scott and Bailey this time round and yeah. it's not so much with the first episode mm. it's with the episodes to come mm. and we're not going to spoil anything but suffice to say one of my pet hates which is jumping around with the time oh, frame okay. continues throughout oh, you never it? know you yeah you never quite know oh. where you are why you've been taken forward. I just have hope that it I thought come it was just that second episode where no. they go from at one because obviously, people who've seen that one know that they've jumped. It's about a year in the future, isn't it? The, the first episode nine, is nine months or something, yeah. After the the events of, of the last episode of series two, uh, we find out now that uh, Rachel is married to uh, Sean Maguire and that uh, Janet has uh, separated from her husband and uh, is is in the middle of trying to sell their house. Uh, which all these events, and obviously Rachel is now uh, in contact with her mother again, and all these events are sort of uh, have dealt with more in the second episode because obviously we haven't sort of seen how they but went. I, I, but I wonder what the advantage is of jumping forward like that because episode two, which is on this Wednesday, feels like the next episode of the series, mm. uh, the series last they, year. They just wanted a big sort of police investigation in the first episode because they haven't got that in the second one have they They've... but I know but but people will forget about that and then they'll jump back mm. I'll jump forward I didn't mind it as much as you, I think you did I have to say I didn't mind that the, the sort of the, the jump between one and two no, I didn't mind it once it got going but I think it's annoying that it carries on throughout yeah I, I would agree with that if it does carry on as you say well you know as it carries on throughout I think yeah it will get annoying um, I also um, think Nicola Walker was outstanding was though, in that first. I mean, the, the best scenes for me were the interview scenes between her and Saran Jones. I thought they were sort of a joy to watch. What I would say as well is that I feel that uh, in, in certainly in Scott and Bailey, if not in all her shows, Sally Wainwright has a sort of very rhythmic style to the dialogue she gives different I know, characters. I so love her dialogue. So each character, I mean, Rachel speaks very quickly, Janet is more methodical. You know, um, Amelia Bullmore's character, Jill, is Jill, isn't it? Has that sort of yes. authoritative nature of, about her. You know, there's that sort of, you know, the sort of banter between her and her other officers is very well paced out. And I really, well, you now, know, I really enjoy Scott and Bailey, and I think it has One got... of the best crime dramas on TV, and I hope that 
unlike me, I hope I'm the minority when I say I'm annoyed by jumping forwards and backwards. Yeah, and, and what I would say as well is, is it's very rare to have a, a, a drama, any drama, where the characters, the main characters are friends and are of slightly different ages. And I think that was one of the... Uh, and one of the, and a drama where one of them wears awful black big glasses. Oh, I love, I love Leslie Sharp's glasses. I think. I reckon right. there's somebody in the production has gone. We cannot get rid of Leslie's glasses. There'll be an uproar, and there will be. I was watching it firstly to well, see. There's probably the a glasses. fan page. There's probably a Facebook fan page somewhere. Well, probably we could find it if we, if we had the time and inclination. Scott and Bailey Wednesday nights. Honestly, one of the best crime dramas on telly at the moment. Compared to another one, we've saved the best till last, the sublime till last. Real Church. Episode 6 of 8. Mm. Oh my goodness. You think that there's going to be a weak episode in Broad Church. You think that every time you watch it you think this is going to be the one that lets the side down possibly and I just find myself more engaged more excited I tell you what it, it's honestly truthful you know Matt how much I love television and how much I'll talk about it but I have not been this genuinely excited by something for a long long time yeah uh, what I would say might surprise you is the reviews I've been writing uh, the comments have actually been mixed mm-hmm. there isn't uh, a sort of uh, definitive praise for Broadchurch. A lot of people have, have sort of almost criticised it for dragging... They don't like how it's dragging out too long, which I would say is one of its strengths that you get to know these characters. Um, and we've said that a lot of the times on the podcast. Well, I mean, episode five, I think a lot of people had an issue with because it, it sort of deviated a lot. It went away from the investigation a lot. I mean, six came back to it quite heavily. There was a lot of clues... And obviously, it does the fact it's like what happens when the media sort of loses interest in the story. What happens when the resources are cut back on a case that's been dragging on so long? And I, I thought the themes last night were really well done. And it obviously gave us a few more suspects. I mean, they finally dragged uh, Pauline Quirk in for questioning. They they've questioned uh, the Reverend character Arthur Darville quite a lot. Uh, and obviously. Uh, um, Joe, is it Joe the son or Tom? Tom is Tom's the son, Tom's and Joe's his father. Yeah, and Tom as well. Obviously, acting very dodgy last night when he was bashing the computer to bits with it. Yeah, with a as you do, as so, you yeah. do. Um, I'm surprised you say there's there's been um, resistance to it because mm. I was just so into it last night. You would not believe. And um, Matt and I have actually just done an interview with um, Joe Sims, a.k.a. Nige, uh, which you'll be able to hear on the website very soon, who is a lot nicer in person than yeah. you'd imagine. It's lovely. He's, he's an absolutely he lovely, lovely guy. He's a pleasure yeah, to talk Yeah, he is. Pleasure to talk to. And, you know, I think it's a bit of a thrill for him as well. He didn't say it, but I, I mean, just... Yeah. I'd I imagine it's a bit of a... Th- getting, getting incredibly big there, Luke, on the line. Yeah. There. Possibly. But yeah, I I said this to Joe, and I may have said it off air or during the podcast. I genuinely think Broadchurch is one of those things that we will be saying whenever the next big drama comes on. It's good. It's no Broadchurch, and I genuinely believe that. The last thing I was this excited about was the last episode of Sherlock. That's 
I mean, I loved Accused, as you know, I love Good Cop and things, but I wasn't as in awe of uh, of them as I am of Broadchurch. Just love it so much. Um, but the, my only problem with Broadchurch is because I've enjoyed it, the reveal could be a massive disappointment. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people. About, I know Gary said it last week about it will it will all hinge on how satisfactory the reveal is. Because I know we've yeah. said that now you've watched Jonathan Creek and we were saying it off air about how it was sort of the reveal or the reveals were sort of a letdown when compared to what had come before it. And I think that's the thing with a crime drama. Uh, certainly one that's got one one sort of bridging case throughout the, the series is that if it isn't a satisfactory reveal, then a lot of people, it'll sort of leave a sour taste in the mouth. I mean, the killing have done it quite well throughout the three series they've sort of uh, you know I, I think I know you, you haven't watched the killing of the Danish version but yeah, every it's terrible that I haven't someone really. who makes sense and I know as well we were talking with Joe about how sort of the the obvious choice is often you know is often the the person that the audience don't think it is they always think um, it's going to be someone who isn't acting that suspiciously like um mm. Tom Tom Miller, who is who's leading that Radio Times poll again now, because he's well, been so nice. Joe he, Miller, Joe is the the father, Joe, and Tom. Sorry, is I'll get I'll get there eventually. It will, um, you know, it will turn out the nicest character is actually the murderer that we. I, th- I think there's two there's two issues with it. One is that we all feel like we know how a crime drama works, and so we're already going, well, he's a massive red herring, or she did do this. And and t- and two, there's been all these polls that we spoke to Joe about, about who do you reckon did it, that somebody somewhere has to have got it right, whether they yeah. meant to or not. There's yeah. The right answer is out there, for, maybe yeah. not for the reason people think, but so there's not going to be a massive moment where we go, oh, it was so-and-so, and we think, oh, I never suspected him, because well, everybody then, suspects every, everyone. That is slightly starting to annoy me a bit, is the fact that any time uh, Chloe, the sister, appears on screen, she walks in slow motion. It, it, it happens a lot. I haven't noticed back, that. If you go back and watch it, there's a lot of... I know it happens, it happens a lot with all the Latimer family, especially in last night's episode, there was a lot of walking in slow motion. And Chloe... And running in slow motion as well. Yes, Chloe night. especially gets a lot of scenes where it's just silent and she she moves in slow motion. I'm, just, I'm sort of out of touch. I just thought that's the way teenage girls walk nowadays. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm sort of past the age where I hang out with a lot of teenage girls and I thought they must all walk in slow motion. They're very pleased about that, by the way, my local teenagers. Um, so that's, that was in a massive week of TV. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about yet, which Matt was just keen to put his two penneth in was what most people would consider to be a quite weak episode of Doctor Who on Saturday yeah. just gone I would say that as well I just thought it was a bit something and there are episodes of Doctor Who where they're a bit something and nothing this was quite a, a, a big episode in terms of um, introducing uh, the character of Clara it was her first Poirot Clara oh right I thought Poirot well, made it. it wouldn't in, surprise me in the TARDIS, her first sort of space mission uh, where they went to this weird marketplace and there was a girl who had to sing a song and it was this place where the the god fed on people's 
like keepsakes, like rings and things like that, that that people had emotional connections to. And I just thought it was a bit weak. I know as well it was written by someone who um, who hadn't written an episode of Doctor Who before. It was someone who who'd worked quite extensively on Luther. I, I can't remember the the writer's name. Uh, but my friend, actually, I'll just add it in here, who's a, who is a big Doctor Who fan. I know I've said it in the past that I'm not a massive Doctor Who fan. And I know now on the on the website you've got a, a weekly column by someone who's quite a big I have, Doctor. yes. Um, but my friend, if I just read this quickly, my friend has said that uh, Steve, Stephen Moffat, is, yeah, that's the right Moffat, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, is Moffat. In, Moffat is too in love with his own mysteries and just a bit smug, so... I don't know if that's just into Doctor Who and not... This, pl- this podcast is not a place for TV discussion. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interesting. Like, you know my feelings on Sherlock and I really enjoy it. Yeah. And there are certain... The, the episodes of Doctor Who I really like are the ones where they shy away from, like, alien creatures and concentrate more on stuff that, oh, that could really happen, like last week's one about the Wi-Fi, I enjoyed that plot, and I was upset that they didn't play on it more. But there you go. My least favourite one was where he joined Call the Midwife. (laughs) That was my... I think they just... That's when it jumped the shark. (laughs) If ever there is a phrase for that. Okay, we've got five minutes left, just enough time to tell you about what is coming up in... Yeah, run through them, Matt. Run through them, much like Chloe. Do it in slow motion, but quickly. Okay, uh, so tonight at uh, 10 o'clock on BBC Two, we have the uh, 42nd series of uh, Later with Jules Harlan. This is the uh, the live uh, half an hour version. And is I think it only Friday, later than it used to be? They have the... No, no, it's earlier, actually, because it used to be... Mm. On a Thursday, it used to be sort of after the news, didn't it? Uh, like Misleading 10, title, then, one would think. Yeah, but they earlier still... Earlier with Jules Harlan... They still have that slot, but they, they now have this live half-an-hour show, so they have actually two instalments. One has more pre-recorded material on it. Uh, so, yeah, that's on tonight. And people uh, call you a geek. For the for the life of me, I've got no idea who's on it tonight. Um, Probably musical people. Musical guests. I know you're awfully, uh, awfully hip, so you might know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably no, Snoop Doggy it, Dog. Suede. Do you remember Suede oh. from the 90s? Actually, you don't have to be awfully hip to know no. who Suede are, yeah. And then there's Laura Mulu. M- M- L- 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 I don't know how to say that name. Laura. Uh, yeah, Laura's on. And uh, Capped Cap- Power. So there's, there's, a, there's oh. that for you. Yeah, uh, they had a single out in the 90s, Capped Power. Um, it was called Turtle Power. So it's nice to see that they've um, they've sort of moved on. Nice contemporary reference there again. Yeah, always good. Uh, moving on to tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, uh, there's the third series of 24 Hours in A&E. I know that's a favourite of both mine and Luke, which is, uh, it's obviously, if you've not seen it before, it's a series, it's sort of a fly on the wall, which looks at 24 hours in the, uh, it's King's College, isn't it? King's College Hospital. I am right, aren't I? You are absolutely right. But the interesting thing is that... Um, BBC Two, I would keep an eye on the time here, BBC yeah. Two are doing a similar NHS. thing at the moment called the NHS Keeping Britain Alive, which focuses on one day. Yeah, I thought that, I saw that title. I went, Interesting. 24 hours in A&E at all, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and I mean, I've seen, I've, I watched the episode today, and I have to say anyone who's enjoyed the series up to now, 
will really enjoy the, the episode that's, that's playing tomorrow. Also, uh, on the same time, 9pm uh, on BBC One, is a two-part documentary hosted by Victoria Wood about the history of uh, tea. Uh, it's on. It starts on Wednesday, finishes on Thursday. Look, you've seen this, haven't you? I have seen it. I mean, it's nothing to get overly excited about. It's a, it's a, it's more interesting than it sounds, but only just. And uh, the aforementioned Doctor Who does make yeah, an that's appearance. Yeah, Morrissey is that everything? Yeah, and uh, Turtle Power as well. Uh, moving on to uh, Friday night on uh, ITV, we've got a, a, a sort of quite a stacked few days ahead. Stacked. Uh, stacked. Well, you know, we've got Scott and Bailey and Broadchurch still playing out, and then they've yep, got... still going. ...over the next seven days, starting at uh, Friday the 12th of April, 9 o'clock, The Security Man, which is a new sort of com- one-off comedy drama, isn't it, with uh, Dean Andrews from uh, most recently Last Tango in Halifax, Paddy McGuinness, um, Mrs. Brown's boys, uh, Brendan O'Carroll, and uh, Peter White, who's Peter in... White, who has to be in everything. Everything, yeah. It's uh, just in his contract. Basically, uh, again, Luke, you've seen this. So it's, it's about I saw it, yeah. TV, isn't it, basically? It's an, enjoyable, it's an enjoyable hour. It's written by Jeff Pope and Carolina Hearn, best known for the royal family. Some good, funny, observational things. The characters are likeable enough. Do you think it'll come back for a full series, then? Uh, they wanted to. Yeah. They wanted to. Um, my interview with Dean Andrews is up on the website now, thecustertv.com. And it's been retweeted by the Security Men uh, Twitter feed, which is yeah. being followed by me and me alone. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, moving on to Saturday night, uh, Britain's Got Talent will return for its eighth series. Uh, at amazing. Seven... Sorry? Amazing it's been on that long, yeah. really. Uh, uh, um, yeah, 7 o'clock, so up against The Voice. All the four, all judges will return, Simon Cal, David Williams, Alicia Dixon and Amanda Holden. Uh, and again, we'll be speaking uh, more about that next week. And also there'll be an article up on the website later in the week, won't there? There will, if you get your act together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, Sunday, uh, 8 o'clock on, again on ITV, uh, Endeavour returns for, uh, it's a three-part series, isn't it? Alan four, Bates. actually. Four. Oh, but well, there we go. Uh, yeah. Based on obviously the pilot that aired at the beginning of uh, 2012. Sean I'm going to cut you off. We've got 45 seconds. I'm sorry to cut you off. There you go. There we go. Uh, it's just enough time to say thank you to Matt. If you want to get in touch with either of us on Twitter, at Luke Custard TV. At Matt's TV Bites. We shouldn't say Gary's at the Gary Show, just cause, even though he's not here. Yeah. And uh, Gary is going to the Endeavour screening, so he'll talk to us about that next week. Um, this has been the Custard TV podcast. Get all the latest TV news and reviews at thecustardtv.com. With 18 seconds to spare, it has been a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Luke. Pleasure, Matt. Pleasure. Just keeping you occupied for yeah. Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.